Hey everybody, welcome to episode 90 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Type Ben. Hey, BT, how you doing? Hello again. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. Happy Norse Day. Or... I know. Exciting news. A I... new team. Yeah. Another one. Now, oh. do, I, do, do we call today Norse Day or is a day like Norse Reveal Day and then the release day is Norse Day? I want to I get this right for the calendars mm. in the future, you know. I think the release day would be Norse Day. Okay, well, it must be National Adepticon Preview middle of the night day then. Yeah, today is Adepticon. <laughs> so I guess <laughs> Do they do they we don't have like do we do any big game shows in the UK where Games Workshop do a bunch of releases? Uh like uh, we have like UK Games Expo. I don't know if they do anything for that. They do their like Warhammer Day, don't they? Like they do their own thing. Yeah. Like what is it? What do they call it now? It's like Warhammer Fest? Is it? Oh yeah, it is called Warhammer like Fest. Games Day it? or something. Yeah. And Oh yeah, that's right, because was it last year or the year before? Well, it can't have been the year before. Most definitely wasn't the year before. So it must have been last year where they were like, it's Warhammer... F-. Do you know what? This might have been three years ago. Um, <laughs> where they were like, oh, it's Warhammer Fest. Get together with friends. Play games, workshop games. Have a great time. Was oh, that- they did that last year. It was yeah, last year. April 2021. Warhammer Fest Online. Oh, no. Warhammer Fest Online is next week and it's going to be big. They did it online and that's when they revealed... What did they reveal? Where was... It wasn't Blood Bowl there. It was Monday 3rd, Warhammer... Oh, was that when they revealed Dominion? Age of Sigma? Yeah, I think it might have been then. With the Swamp Hawks. Yeah, I think that might have been then. Hmm. Oh, they had the... Uh, they did have the Horns Ghosts. That was what. Yeah, no, this was after that. This this was after. Hang this on, was, so, I'm just looking at it. So, this was the Orcs. Oh, they did reveal the, the new Beastnaggers for 40k. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when was that? April, you say? Yeah, that was April. Or May. That was May. So we've got that coming up in, in a couple of months then. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Oh, I can't imagine that they'll do anything to show. I think, you know, Norse stuff will hopefully be out around about that time. So, mm. oh, I hope they don't do this a really long, uh, <laughs> a really long delete release. Anyway, other than being happy Adepticon preview day, um, how you doing, man? What's new? Anything exciting? Yeah, no, not too much. This this time we are recording. This is like secret facts. We record. Actually, is it secret? Is it coming out? Anyway, who knows? Mm, yeah, Behind yeah. The scenes. yeah, no, we, we, we are doing it a week earlier than we normally would. Yes, absolutely. Um, because of Norse and not because I'm away with work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all because of Norse. Yeah, so honestly, not not a huge amount has happened in a week. I think I, I blitzed through that fire team and I thought, I'm just going to have a little bit of a rest. And I went back to doing some more Netflix. Uh, you, um, you haven't seen the fire team game yet, have you? No, uh, no, I haven't. No, no, I've seen oh. the pictures. Oh yeah, Ben painted up the fire team for the um, Dungeon Bowl Bonehead Championship, and it's awesome. Like the the, it's almost got, which is really appropriate. It's always got like smoky blends, and the oil makes it really rich. It, it's it's a really tasty scheme. <laughs> Like really cool. It's kind of intense. I did try. I try. I actively tried to paint it warm. Like I had a few goes, yeah. being just like, I can't get this to look right. And then there was something that just clicked, and I was just like, okay, this looks like they're warm and it's like sooty. Yeah, you that's absolutely kind of crushed it. Uh, I will say though, the Marauder linemen are very squishy players. That's all I'll say. Is they oh, are really? incredibly uh, squishy. 
and frenzy with armor eight plus is it's not yeah they're 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 not dwarf blockers that's no. <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking forward to seeing that yeah that did was... you did you run them yeah i did yeah right okay. yeah i can't remember who they played against uh i think, I think it, was it was heavens, heavens. yeah heavens. yeah from the pictures um yeah awesome man i'm really looking forward to putting those together in the next couple of weeks and then starting to put the games out because it, it was dungeon ball such good fun and on dungeon ball we've got you know um dorset dungeon ball coming up in what seven weeks six seven weeks now yeah god that is soon yeah uh, tickets are sold out like we've got 40 players it's all, all good to go i really need to go over into a toyment and, and check their internet connection but absolutely yeah, it'll, it'll... <laughs> and tell them i've told pete i've oh, told yeah, we pete. Have 40 players <laughs> I've, okay, told, I've told pete pete's pete's well aware uh no so that's <laughs> uh, that's wicked uh, but yeah ben you are quite right we are recording a week after the last one and it's completely fortuitous um next week i'm away for work four out of five days um and i'm just like i don't know if i'm going to be able to do london then back and then record the podcast and actually have a have it be not garbage yeah, so yeah we were like oh we we'll just do it a week early and then um goes oh she'll be like yeah we're gonna do and i was prepared i was like oh no like adepticon releases they're gonna land on saturday we're gonna have the podcast come out a week later not having talked about any of the releases and uh boom they were like yeah we're gonna do it thursday morning i'm like hey I'll take that. That's fantastic. <clears throat> you stayed up. Well, I, yep, these announcements. That was not the plan, right? So Miss Tiff, Tiff and I had the, ch the, the chat, the talk about what would be the, the least offensive time for me to film the stuff. Three in the morning or six in the morning. She said six in the morning. I was like, no, fine. No worries. So I set my alarm for six in the morning and then promptly uh, my body woke me up at 2.30. Um, <laughs> I, I, said to, I said this would happen to her. I was like, I'm just going to wake up like for it anyway it's going to be really aggravating so i woke up at 2 30 watched the preview for uh, the norse team and then was like ah oh, sweet go back to sleep for a few hours get up and film that in a minute and 45 minutes later i was still awake so i was like oh <laughs> i'm just gonna go film it now so like that's dedication it's so, it so good from the grind ben Oh, I love this stuff. It's so exciting. <laughs> like our little corner of the world. When we get big news, it's like, oh, this it is, is really nice. It is really nice. I mean, the, I can't help being like a massive cynic because I'm a war gamer. So obviously, there is still that part of me where it's like, oh, really exciting reveals, but games workshop. But are they <laughs> exciting? Is this important? Is this a big yeah. deal? You know, I'm trying. I tried to get excited because this is actually really cool. I really like this. It is, super which cool. we will talk about extensively. Very, very much so, and we won't start just yet. Uh, right. In fact, Ben, what mm. are we talking about today? I realise I only sent these show notes across to you like ten minutes ago. But... Yeah, no, no, no. Today we are talking about the Norse team that we discussed, and uh, also um, I don't know. <laughs> it's basically the Norse team and more the huge Norse reveal. The Norse team, yeah, on the roster and changes and the usual news and hobby. As I scrolled up He's on the show it. notes, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I was like, maybe I didn't write it in there. Like, no, I, scro I was just like scrolled up and I was like, oh, I can't find it. I can't. <laughs> No, I mean, oh, there it is. Ben and I normally, I normally send the show notes through a little bit earlier than that. And then we normally have like a bit of chat first, but we got um, into it talking about a terminology called the Scrum Master. And uh, that kind of laid us <laughs> off traffic a bit. Anyway, I tell you what, we'll go into Core Blood Bowl news right now. Uh, 
Okay, so Blood Bowl news, spoiler alert, Norse news is massive and we are going to be doing an entire two topics of the podcast, two segments of the podcast based on it. First of all, news-wise, just want to say hello to a bunch of new Patreons uh, who've joined, so really appreciate everybody's support, watching, sharing, chatting with us, um, and... Uh, Big welcome to Noah Tonkin, Richard Wood, Jason Simpson, Phil, William Hoffman, Midris, Ben Smith, and Uncle Cal has returned to the fold, which is awesome. So really appreciate everybody's support on that one. Now, news-wise, uh, because it's been a week, there's not a lot, but there is one thing that I think is is insanely, insanely cool uh, that's coming out soon. And this is the Torchlight Models STL Tribe. So my, my mini factory has a thing called a tribe which is like Patreon, but actually makes a lot more sense. And it's normally a little bit cheaper, actually. Ben, are you, are you, are you a triber at all? No, I haven't done this. Like, I actually did, I'll be honest, I did cancel quite a lot of patrons um, mm. because I wasn't doing much printing lately. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going like, I'm, I'm to take a little bit of a break. But I've, I've recently been going into it again. So seeing this might actually change uh, your mind a bit it's really good value I, I can't remember how much it is i always i even did the video on these guys the other day it's like six or ten dollars or something and, oh yeah um, first sword yeah six six dollars a month plus vat yeah yeah that's right they're, they're good I, the vat bit throws me off so i don't know like eight pounds a month uh which is basically the same as most blood bowl patrons like the punga one is elite that's you know like about eight pounds a month and every Two to three months, you get a full Blood Bowl team, which, I, I mean, for an STL team, I think £20 is about right. I'll tell you what, let's talk about this real quick. Ben, STLs, mm. um, they're normally cheaper than a team. How much would you be... How much for a team, for a Blood Bowl team, STL-wise? What's your, your, your red, amber, green thresholds? It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. I... Like you say, 20 quid is probably the upper limit for a team. I think, like, I mean, that used to be what you would get for a team of Games Workshop Plastic, like, yeah, originally, it's, right? It's nearer £30 now with yeah. price increases, but yeah, 20 quid, you kind of like, oh, I'll get but a team of 20 get, quid. For yeah, all quid. unique models. To be fair, the actual printing doesn't cost a lot. Like, if you have your own printer and you've already had that upfront cost, obviously that is a big factor. But, um, printing the individual models isn't a lot and i'm honestly I'm, I'm usually not that hesitant to support artists when they're making these stl teams yeah so that's why i don't generally feel too bad i i i think you're right i think the most expensive teams we've got out there 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 are some uh that are about like 40 50 pounds though i think i think that's just too much didn't the r r in e studio or it's actually a studio because they're Spanish, but I've been calling them E-Studio for so long because I'm incredibly... Yeah, there's there. Oh, are we just racist? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think we're just very British. Um, uh, anyway, and E-Studio makes sense. Because I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Electronic I thought it was studio. like... An, yeah, because yeah, they do digital models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, sorry, Spain. My bad. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were doing... Do you remember they had like the, the humans that were kind of Bretonian-ish, but also very well, mm. uh, like Wolverine, and they had the orcs? I'm sure they were priced at like 40 or 50 pounds at one point, and I was like, that is that is my red territory. And then That is too much. Yeah. yeah. Then um, Brute Fun, uh, I think is about 25 pounds for the Lizardman team. Now, yep. 
that is that is on the upper end the difficult thing with the brute fund that's the lizardman bundle is you get four different croxigors like a dozen different skinks a dozen no actually it's more than a dozen well it's a dozen skinks but with different heads as well six sauruses with different heads a star player saurus two star player skinks like you get the star players in there as well so i was kind of like you know what 20 pounds for a full team yep with a couple of star players bought in yes it would be 30 pounds if i bought the whole thing like individually i'm like that is probably the upper limit but that one's value i think mm -hmm. and the, the sculpts are just outrageous uh, we should probably do a power ranking of um stls uh stl, FD, STL companies because i think there's been a bit of a change uh where we've got like um some some newbies in there and then there's the patreons like punga where it is 20 to 30 pounds over the course of a couple of months to three months and that i feel like is the amber territory that's like i'm like i feel yeah fine. like i mean it's no secret i love the i love punga i think oh, yeah personally they're like my favorite kind of blood bowl sculpts yeah um i do kind of disagree with their model and I, I feel so awful saying that because the stuff they make is so good and it's like it feels like a scam when you're kind of complaining about getting it you know even half a team which is realistically kind of what you get with some games workshop teams um <laughs> it's bang on like you're money, getting half actually. a team for like eight pounds yeah i mean 10 pounds with printing and and you're just like yeah so i feel bad complaining but it is kind of like when you put it in perspective of everything else, it, it is it is it can be quite a lot. And I think the issue I have is because it's on Patreon, it's time it's one time gated, and two you kind of are in a subscription model, which generally you you psychologically you get more bang for your buck. I I don't know enough about economics to comment on this, but um <laughs> yeah I don't know. It just feels like because you're in this kind of like unknown subscription, usually Patreon. Is a marketplace to get more for your money? Does that make any sense? Well, it, it's it's both, isn't it? It's a place where you just go and you, like you said right at the beginning, you go and you support your favourite creators. Like exactly. for a couple of months if you can, all the time if you can, and generally speaking, you get early access to stuff and more stuff, whatever it is, whether it's us, you know, whether it's 3D printed stuff, whether it's, um, oh, I used to follow some great D&D &D things, and then I was like, oh, I, no. I haven't played D&D &D forever, but I really like the adventures. I'm like, yeah, okay, but do you really need it? I'm like, no, fine. I'll just stop paying £4 to those people, and I'll just waste that £4 at the supermarket instead buying chocolate to make up for the sadness that I don't have Dungeons dungeon Adventures. Um, but like... The Punga one is a really strange one because, you know, quality of digital sculpting and with the exception of the stupid dwarves that they stupidly supported upside down on their stupid wings, they're great. Like, they're perfect. I, I, just, yeah. I, just, I just think it's because you have to wait. It feels incomplete for a whole month. I think that's why. Yeah, the wait. Even though, it'll be, like, if they were like, hey, we're going to do... It's just weird. If they were like, hey, it's going to be £20 a month Patreon and we're going to do a whole team every two months. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know how they could do it different because I appreciate the way they're like sculpting an entire team of this quality every month we can't do right now. Mm. Like, not possible. That said, there's some other dudes, including um, Torchlight, who are... Torchlight's a one-man band and is doing an entire team every month this is the fourth team that we're looking at now uh with the orcs here this is 
they've done um their first team was the torchlight dwarves one of those dwarves played the role of a bodyguard in the bonehead championship because i didn't think the nobility would get that far um and then they did the kemri team which was pretty cool then they did the oh, yeah. amazon team who i loved like not amazon team it was a norse team but they were amazons essentially like the skyrim lady team yep really wicked strange proportions but really wicked and now they've gone i say they because they're an entity but it is just one dude and released this absolute tank or will be releasing this absolute tank of an orc team and i just had to, to talk about it because eight pounds basically and it's going to be a full release of black orcs and orcs together um yes. I mean, you get the goblins too yeah yeah yeah, he sent wow. a whole sent a whole list of stuff through to us because um, we give them feedback basically because the first one where they kind of didn't pre-support the models and then or they did pre-support them but they deployed them all on a tray at the same time so there was one STL but the six dudes were in it uh, it was kind of like um, that's not the most like it's fine but it's not the most user friendly uh, was kind of the feedback there uh, where's my Where's my message from them? Um, but anyway, they're, they're doing the orcs soon, and I wanted to show them off on the pod because if you are a 3D printer person, uh, this is just absolutely amazing. Six black orcs, four blitzers, five goblins, two throwers, two line orcs, one troll, uh, one turn marker, and one reroll token. Troll um, looks great, so I'm just looking at it. Like the. <laughs> Yeah, this team, this whole team looks fantastic. Where's the troll? There's the troll. This is interesting. So the troll kind of gone with a it's um a Nordic troll style. Yeah. Uh it's kind of got the hooked nose, the the tusk teeth, and yeah. I, I really love the pose. I love the way that the armor's kind of carried over as well. Yep. Yeah, definitely. It's very similar to the Artisan Guilds release from last month, which again was the same kind of troll with the big nose and the tusks. Um interesting so yeah the trolls coming out it looks absolutely brilliant there's gonna be have you seen the blitzers uh i just yeah i'm guessing it's just underneath right yeah Yeah. these four dudes i love the posing i think they're super like they look proper second edition third edition blood bowl like these these look like proper orcs yeah really just it's orky isn't it it's like the beaten up armor yes like the the way the spikes are yeah yeah I have no interest in an orc team except this is just inspired an orc team. So uh, the black orcs are looking absolutely brilliant. We haven't seen any previews of the goblins yet, but the black orcs, which there are four, they look proper chunky. They look like slightly better versions of the Games Workshop plastic team black orcs. Like same kind of size, same kind of stature. They've got like the big fists, they've got tiny ankles, which I know you did bring up. Um yes, they do have small ankles. Yeah. And, um I, I, I was I, gonna I say the like... fists really remind me of the Ard Boys. Yes. Like the Warhammer Ard Boys. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Um yeah, that's it. Yeah, they, they, yeah, that's and they it. are black orcs, aren't they? Yeah, they, they, were, the old they, they were original black orcs. So yeah. I think it's wicked. I, I'm really excited. So if, if you're interested in following and supporting a really cool up-and-coming Blood Bowl uh, sculptor, um, then jump on the Torchlight mission where you can. Every one of their teams has got a slight scale or a slight uh, proportion issue. I think it's where they're just kind of starting out. So the um, 
the Norse ladies were very tall and thin, not to the level of WA Games high elves, but on that way, they were head and shoulders taller than a um, than a nobility thrower. So I had to scale them down to 90% and they worked great. The dwarves were a little bit on the large size, but you had to scale them down to 90% and they kind of didn't have necks. They were kind of cartoony and I loved it. The skeletons were perfect uh, and the orcs just look bang on games workshop proportions like if these were games workshop models i'd be really thrilled i think yeah i agree and I agree especially the blitzers like ah uh, yeah the blitzers they just got this classic look and it's just there's i don't know really impressive i wanted to show them off um because you know we supported john and our torch lights out there as well so john from brute fun Torchlight. there are a bunch of great stuff coming in that I think is just definitely worth shouting about. Now, while they don't do teams, there are places that do print the teams. Um, I can't remember where, but I've seen a couple of mentioned. That, in fact, check out our videos when we do a print pitch for these. Someone will be in there saying, hey, I do this in the UK, or because um, that's what happens every time, and it's really useful. Anyway, on to other really good stuff. I uh, just wanted to check in on a couple of Kickstarters. The Savannah team, which we received uh and is just gorgeous and they've back it's this is the one with all the, like the the rhinos and the stuff um 5300 against a goal of 800 10 days to go so this one's still good to go until april the 4th the big elephant's amazing the scale is right the sculpting's right the 3d printing quality is is potentially better than grebo um oh really yeah like grebo nice. there, there's some you can see some rings right these guys yeah. You can't. You can see some supports. That's about it. Wow. Uh, yeah, really, really, really good. I meant to give you these, Ben, when we met up in town and I, I robbed the fire team off. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. But if you really do want these to paint up as a paint project, please do, because they are gorgeous models. And uh, yeah, I think you'd really like it. Um, I think you'd really like them. Uh, they are, I mean, typical third-party team price, £61. It might, might be a little bit less, actually. £61 uh, with the elephant, four rhino dudes, which is now six rhino dudes because of the stretch goals, two hippos, six chimpanzees, two baboons. So you've got black orcs sorted, you've got lizardman sorted, and it's just a really well-sculpted and a brilliantly printed team. This is, this is real models again, and... Normally, real model team with the big guy is kind of eighty pounds. So the fact that this is about sixty quid, brilliant! Like over the moon, really over the moon. And one of the best comments we had on one of our videos was that I just love how excited Ben was about this. In fact, it was on yeah. our last podcast because I did get really excited <laughs> when I opened the box because it arrived that day. Um, apparently, Thursdays are really good days. Good stuff happens on Thursdays, and then it's Friday, right. and then yeah, it's the even week. better. It's the weekend. Uh, and the only other Kickstarter I wanted to check in was the 3D Fantasy Football Dugouts because that's still trucking along £1,600 against a target of £800. So that's good to go. Six days left on that one. That ends on Thursday next week, which will be another good day Thursday. And that's where you can pick up the STLs for um, Team Dugouts. They've got like a group chaos one with bleeding skulls and stuff. I just, I love it. I think it's really cool. And there's some, there's some really cool stuff out there. Um... I think, Ben, that's it for Blood Bowl mm. News. So we'll hit on Hobby and then we'll go back to the news and have a big deep dive into Norse. Uh, Okie dokie, and we're back and it is Hobby time, BT, in the last mm. 
six days. What have you been up to hobby wise? Hobbies and games. Um, yeah, I've 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 been doing a little bit. Um I built up some of the more of the light team, the College of Light, which is the next oh, one I'll be working on. And uh, this this arrived to expand it because I needed a couple a few more positionals. So Ooh, elf sells, got myself elves. another elf team, which is I think the third box of these are. Um and yeah, so I've done that. I've built up some more Necrons for a commission I'm working on. I've also been doing some stuff for Gloomhaven. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I recently started a campaign with some friends we moved near. I mean, they live near a new house. And um, we thought, let's start a Gloomhaven campaign. And this is me, me and my, my partner, my girlfriend, and then them too. And yeah, be fantastic fun. So Gloomhaven is, you know... Board Game Geek, number one board game, and for good reason. It's fantastic. Um, and But all, all the models, all the all the enemies come as standees. So um, for anyone who's played, the standees are nice. They've got nice art on, but it can be a bit annoying when you have four people. Just be like, oh, what was that? What's that? And you've got to rotate. And so I'm kind of replacing them with uh, miniatures. Are you printing? Um, yeah. So I've gone back into printing. Whoa. Moving house is the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, I know. I've got I've, the printers back up and running after months, yeah. months. I think it was October <laughs> was the last time I properly printed stuff. And I cleaned it to move house, which was in January. So the printer had resident from October to January. So if you're wondering, it's fine. <laughs> you can leave resin in the vat and there are no problems. And Did it was you in there literally for, just mix it up again and go for it? Yeah, no, well, I just put it back in the bottle. And then I, used, I poured that bottle in the next time, it was fine. So there was yes. nothing, and it was the same tray. So, yeah, honestly, no issues whatsoever. You want to leave it in the vat for four months, you'll be fine. It makes um, sense, like because of so how, yeah, anyway. how it works. But yeah, yeah, it does. But I, I know I have seen people just like, oh, you don't want to leave it in there more than like three days, four months. Oh, fine. we've we've all done that, but four um, months has got to be the, the record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it, it, was, it, was, it was all good. Um, yeah, because I, 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 I've sorted out the garage, so now I've got a little printing area, which is really exciting. Um, I've got both printers set up now. Everything's clear. I've got a little table, little workspace to put on, like, the, that rain board I was working on months, months back, probably about a year back. <laughs> still unfinished, like everything we do. Um, now, do you, but, to get to your garage, do you need to, like, do you need to go out the front of your house again, like in your last I place? I do. <laughs> yeah, I've got to like walk out and around. And uh, I had this really creaky door too. I was like, <laughs> so you'd open the door and it'll go like, and this would be like, and I like to print at like, you know, midnight. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to put stuff on midnight, wake up in the morning and it's done. And it's done. A hundred percent. have one of these old school things, yeah. And yeah, this thing, I feel so bad that we're like this new neighborhood and they're like, oh, this one guy just keeps opening his door at midnight and it's creaking, it's waking up the kids. <laughs> but that's all fixed. Lubricated that. All is good. Um, but no, door. it's really it's nice. really nice to have this like, this new area where I can just sort of have the printer set up, the hobby <sighs> set up, all my games on the side. It's really nice. What kind of monsters are there in Gloomhaven then? Is it, is oh it yeah, we're talking about that. Normal um, stuff. Yeah, it's pretty, it starts off pretty generic. Like the first things you face are like bandits and skeletons and zombies, um, but then it gets a little bit more IP out there. Yeah, well, they have their own. They have their own races and things. Um, they've got their own defined like law, 
And um, so you start to touch on that. However, they're kind of adjacent. So I'm using a lot of stuff from Loot Studios, which seems to sync up really nicely with a lot of their models. So there's a lot of analogs then? Yeah, like um, they've got a race called the Inox. of like horns. They're kind of like beast men, but a little bit more elegant. Um, however, I'm kind of just using orcs and they kind of fit the bill. Oh, nice. Like D&D orcs. So quite... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And more slender, that kind of thing. Um, D&D orcs are basically halfway between humans and bugbears, aren't they? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that, that's pretty much what I'm using for them. There's some other things, like they have like cultists, which are fine. They've got some kind of eldritch stuff, which is... Ooh, um, like Thulu style. Well, I don't know. Like, only from the standees that I've seen. Ah. I try not to look at too much, because the game's quite spoiler-heavy, like... So I'm, I'm intentionally avoiding oh, looking at it too it's, much. Um, it's co-op, isn't it? So you don't even mm. really need to DM much, just but you've got the no, opportunity no. of blinging stuff out to have models instead of other things. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I'm just looking at the standee art that I've punched out and then thinking, what could that be? So, Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so that's good fun. So that, that's taken up a bit of hobby. Um, fortunately, my friends have been like, yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll help paint up stuff. So that's good. I can print stuff around, run it around to their door. Post it through the letterbox and come <laughs> back home. Have you got Fantastic. Alison painting yet? I, sh- I did try and get her to paint her character, but oh, that okay. she didn't want to. She said, uh, "She said as long as it has purple base rooms, I'm happy." She just she wants purple base rooms. I don't know what it is. She's only satisfied if they have a purple room. That's a good way to get into Blood Bowl. Um, here's the yeah. purple base room team. Um, <laughs> You've got block. Yeah, I've I've printed out the new Pokemon starters for Tiff. Like the the ga- the ones oh. the ones that are coming out soon, like the one with the like the duck with the quiff. Oh wow, people everything. made those already. Yeah, oh gosh, yeah, straight away. Brilliant. Yeah, so yeah. for like seventy p each, pick those up, printed them out. Because <laughs> Tiff was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll paint them sometime. So I'm kind of hoping that this weekend we'll chill out because uh, we're going to go see Les Miserables on Saturday. Uh, Les Miserables. Les Who Miserables. are you? What is that? E Studio. What did you just um, say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to go see Les Mis. Or- You've already uh, offended Spain. Now you've offended yeah. the entirety of France. <laughs> Who's next? Mm. <laughs> and I'm going to do it while eating pizza. Um, so <laughs> I'm hoping that on the Sunday when we have a bit of a chill day. Although uh, E Florist has just texted me to remind me that it is Mother's Day on Sunday. So uh, oh, it is. Yeah, might have to run some slight interference there. I do know that Tiff's mum is working, so we won't have to do that side of the family. So we'll have to see my side of the family. But uh, I mean, hey, gamers. It's Mother's Day tomorrow. Quickly, yeah, I was say, go get it's stuff. So sad, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go get stuff. Uh, but no, like, it's a good, it's a good intro- introduction to painting stuff. If you can find something to like inspire, it's just that I think the older you get, the more aware you are that the first thing you'll paint will be garbage, and therefore it's not worth trying. So Tiff's like, well, there's no point in painting it because it's just going to be awful. I'm like, mm. Mm, yeah, you're right, but also. It's fun. And because we've got printers, we can just, you know, it's fine. We'll just throw them in the river and print out more. Uh. <laughs> I think that's the thing, though. Like, I, I think no matter how, like, it, it's to be honest, the first thing you paint will probably be rubbish. Yeah. But contrast can help that. Yeah. But I still think you're proud of it. Like, I remember mm. painting something for the first time and thinking, oh, this doesn't look like how I wanted it to look like. But I was really happy with it. And I didn't want to stop. And yeah. I printed out yeah. some gyroids for her as well because she was like, "Oh, I'll, you oh, know, nice. yeah, uh, I don't know, that's cool." No, no, uh, Gloomhaven sounds awesome, and the fact that yeah. it's co-op as well is just amazing. 
like having a, mm. a shared experience like, like we were really loving uh, pandemic legacy until we got to game nine and it was still just pandemic um and it was kind of like oh and then there's the blue cubes again oh blue cubes <laughs> uh it was kind of like oh well, yo let's play something different and then twice now i've got two unfinished incomplete copies of pandemic legacy uh from two different yeah. game groups and i think you've got one as well haven't you <laughs> yeah i've got one we we got about halfway through and thought well that i thought <laughs> just like ah, it's very repetitive yeah yeah so close but no the prospect of having like a shared co-op thing like that is really wicked um yeah. i love the sound of the mechanics too that's pretty pretty cool um hobby wise i i played three games of dungeon bowl with milton on saturday that was wicked mm -hmm. he came over from the isle of Wight. i made loads of jokes about him coming back to england he was as impressed as you'd imagine and then um but, you know, we met you in town, robbed you of your fire team and uh, yeah. got a bunch of games on the go. Stopped after the first game, went and got a steak for lunch. It was good. It was a good day. Weather oh, wow. was you good. Steak. Yeah. We went and had a steak, came back, played Damn. a couple more games, uh, spent a few hours going, switched to camera five and uh, just having a really good time. Um, that was a wicked day and we were done by like four. So when it comes to uh, Dorset Dungeon Bowl, getting three games of Dungeon Bowl in a day is absolutely fine. No worries at all, uh, which means I'm even more psyched up for Dorset Dungeon Bowl now because we played with the maps that we'll be using then and the maps were brilliant really happy with how everything's spaced out with the, where the treasure chests are where the teleporters are there's a lot of tactical choices that we played twice on one map and once on another and it was it was great because you go back to the map and you're like right i did this earlier and i probably should have done this different so even <laughs> though the map for the first and the last game is the same you have already on that day learnt so that map is the same map but you are not the same coach because you've got two games of dungeon bowl it's a really cool experience to be like, right, I've played this once and I've learned things now. Let's go do this. And by game three, you're playing very differently than game one. Um, yeah. And it's just so wicked. Uh, we forgot about the Wizards in the first game. Um, oh, really? Which was, yeah, I don't think it was the end of the world. Um, okay. But Chain Lightning is very cool. Uh, is that what the heavens get? Yeah, you zap a dude and then on a three plus you zap another dude and then on a three plus you zap another dude. And sometimes you really zap a dude, and it's just so cool. Uh, like, there's, I'm, I'm super psyched. I think it's without giving anything game. away. I haven't seen the game, but did you find out? Can you use it in their end zone when they're lined up? Yes. Okay. You absolutely can. So it, it turns out that because of the way that the spells are written, uh, if you go first, you want to go first in Dungeon Bowl. You don't get to bring a dude on during your first turn, but you do get to spell them. So opening move, if you're first and you've got an area effect spell, is excellent to open with. Yeah, that's so harsh. It's brilliant. It's, you think it's worth maybe house ruling that for Dorset Dungeon Bowl? No, no, I don't. going to keep that. Okay, keep yeah, it in. Keep because it in. when, you know, in standard Blood Bowl, a fireball, you wait until they've got the ball and then you pop it out, right? So that is still yeah. a really solid tactic and it is a better way of using those spells. It is much okay. better to hold on to the spell until they've got the ball because it can create an avenue, it can create an opening. But it's also really fun 
to just bomb a load of the dudes at the beginning of the game and then it i don't know it gives you the choice and i think it's perfect like there were you know i did it i, I opened up with the like the preemptive strike and then later on i was like oh, i really wish i had that spell because right, that okay. would be so useful right now because it would just change the game um so it gives you a really good choice and also if you're starting to play dungeon bowl you know shooting your wizard at the beginning it, it gets it out of the way like then you can focus on the gameplay so it's not the worst thing in the world and it's That's not true it's not overpowered um and i think i'd rather start the game knowing that half my team was dead than all of a sudden it happening on turn 17 and then being like hmm, well yeah. uh, i've lost the game now it's a case of right i'm up against it instead um but wisdom would choose when to roll your spells there's some good spells out there well, I was going to say, what other wizards do you get? So you you played with Fire, Heavens, and Beasts? Yeah, yeah so Fire's got the Fireball, standard Fireball. Okay, it's right? the same Fireball that yeah. we all know. Nine square grid, four plus, mighty blow. Um, and College of Heavens has got the Chain Lightning. Now, it can be amazing. It can also You can also roll a two and it can do nothing, right? You zap a dude, you don't break the armor, and then on a three plus you get to zap somebody else. Well, there are two other numbers that are less than three on a dice, and actually you can just... Ah, oh, I failed to break his armor, and then the spell just went away. You can also just nuke everybody, so it, it, you can roll well. Um, College of Beasts just gives you a three die block. That's really nice. Well, on anyone. Yeah, you just pick one of your guys, and then they three die block. And if they've got frenzy, wow. they do it twice. So, oh, okay. Yeah, they grash snack it basically. Um, you could put frenzy on like a, a stunty, and <laughs> yeah, but nuts. Well, you see, for the colleges, they've got their own wizard. But in Dorset Dungeon Bowl, if you're taking a vanilla team, like I'm taking halflings, I'm taking undead, uh, you can pick a wizard. So you can, you're exactly right, Ben. You can be, I'm going to run snotlings at Dorset Dungeon Bowl and I'm going to take the College of Beasts because at <laughs> some point my snotling is just going to three die block uh, somebody and it's going to be amazing yeah. and it will be amazing. <laughs> or you just put use a double, put Frenzy on a snotling and six die block them, uh, which I yeah. think is even, even better. Into a wall, into a wall. Uh, who else was it? College of... uh, Metal, wasn't it? Oh, this is a sweet one. Um, once, once per game, you choose a dude and you roll against their armor. If you roll under, equal to or under their armor, they're immediately KO'd. Wow, okay. That's pretty powerful. Yes. So Equal to or under? Yeah, so they've got big guys. That big guy's yeah. getting knocked out. And a good thing in Insane. Dungeon Bolt is you can use the magic sponge to bring them back at, you know, at a later point. True. But it's like they've got a that's, minus. That's ridiculous. You know, if you've got like like a tree man gumming up a corridor. Yeah. Boop. New College of Metal. That tree man's don't, out there. Don't box cars. And that tree man is gone for at least two turns because they'll have to magic sponge yeah. him into reserves and then bring him on. And, and then he's got to get move. back. Yeah. And that movement too, that's going <laughs> to yeah. take a while. Yeah. Mm. Wow. But I'm really excited. The most one I'm most excited about and haven't got this done yet because I need to paint up the team is the College of Shadows because they've got that teleporting spell that allows you to move one of your dudes five squares. Just pick him up and put him down five squares away. Can't have the ball, but it just ghost walk him. And College That's of so Shadows good. has got the it's got the Skaven Thrower. So Skaven Thrower gets the ball, bamps any Dark Elf or a Gutter Runner to the other side of the enemy's line. Throw it across. Touchdown. It, it's, oh, it, it's great. It's because so good. You know, shadow. Or they can move afterwards after the yeah. move. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, at the beginning of your turn. You move one of your dudes. There's no miscasting. There's no. It fails. It's just 
you redeploy a guy he can't have the ball that's the only restriction now when you build your, your your castle right you've got all your dudes coming up the corridors sometimes it can be really difficult to get a skaven lineman or someone past like two ogres in a corridor but if you bamp from the other side you move up the skaven thrower and it's a two plus quick pass well that's mm -hmm. all right it's two plus quick pass and a six plus interception roll you're good to go so it, oh, it, yeah. yeah that's why the wizards are so important that's exciting. That is really exciting. It's awesome that you got to use them and like got an idea of how they work. I, I'm super happy with it. I yeah. I still sevens is still my favourite format, but Dungeon Bowl is genuinely really special. Um, and this weekend I'll be ordering all of our maps, uh, which is going to be a, a chunky price. But then you know we'll have them, and then we can just play Dungeon Bowl and yeah, it just. I don't know. It's a really cool way to play. So I've printed out the Undead team, the, the Death College of Death team, using the MG Picks team. So that I, at lunchtime yesterday, was just kind of gluing them together. And I'll get them primed over the weekend. I'm going to do a really simple paint scheme with those. Um, that'll be done. Then College of Shadow, I will probably just paint up some Dark Elves to match, my, to match the Neverbay Nightmares. Uh, yes. I think that's probably the quickest way to get that team done. You're working on... Light. light yep and ian warhanam hanam is going to let us use his life team oh okay they are looking good <laughs> so he so so good he goes all out there doesn't he on oh, he really does he gets, gets an idea and gets tunnel vision and just goes for it and knocks it out of the park and it's fantastic to see yeah so he's uh... <laughs> and we don't help him we were just like oh, oh no i considered a life team <laughs> how, how the trees the how, how old am i now i'm 33 i've known ian since i was four so What's that? 29 years I've been encouraging him to do stuff like this. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and it's been brilliant. And yeah, we get to benefit by using them on the show. So that Fantastic. is cool. And he's coming to Dorset Dungeon Bowl as well. So you get to see that team in person. Perfect. So that'll be the last four colleges. And then I think next weekend, there might be a chance that we could uh, invade your new house and do some filming, Ben. But we'll have to... Yeah. That'd be fantastic with your dog sitting so that could be cool yeah. we can we can <laughs> test the mobile streaming kit make sure everything travels well um mm. i like that so um otherwise hobbies and games ben anything else to add no that's about it which is actually quite a lot for a week isn't it yeah i feel, yeah. I feel like yeah. things are gearing up yeah i, I even actually. nearly went to club um really I had, <laughs> I had a game lined up with craig because so i was like ah oh, craig you know tiff's Tiff was on holiday last week, so I didn't want to go to club night while she was off because it would have just been a case of like she was at home all day and I was working all day and then I'm going out. Like that just seems a bit of a missed opportunity to spend time with my wife. So I didn't go to club like last week, but this week I was like, yeah, Craig, let's get a game in. Like nothing too strenuous. Let's just play a few chilled games of a board game or sevens or Adeptus, you know, um, Imperialis flight game. And he was like, yeah, sweet. I'll bring my planes. And then his son got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and then what ian's someone else like ian's friend got covid so yeah covid could be back which is aggravating but um mm. i'm sure it'll be fine so yeah got some games in this weekend's going to be good watching les miserables and then uh and then yeah on to more dungeon ball
Okay, so we've beaten about the bush a little bit, and now it is full-on Norse time. So at 2 o'clock and 40 minutes this morning, Games Workshop did their fancy team music show for Norse. Um, ben, were you surprised to see Norse release uh, being previewed? Uh, not in the slightest, no. But <laughs> Why is that? Uh, well, the, the, the old Yeti. Oh, mystery Yeti. Yeah, the, the Yeti did spoil things massively. Uh, I love that. I do think that's wonderful. Like, part of me, obviously, is sad that we don't have a brand new team surprising us. Um, but also the excitement of receiving a model that you didn't buy that wasn't even previewed yet when the Yeti... <laughs> that's just awesome. Like, I, they, I hope they do that again, because that was wicked. Uh, I thought that was a great way to get the information out there. Anyway... Two o'clock, two something in the morning. It was the Adepticon preview. Uh, they previewed some stuff for their other garbage games. Um, but we're going to talk about Norse. And then we'll probably end up talking about some of the other stuff that was showing off anyway. Anyway, Norse are here. They have landed. Uh, the video is cool. And Ben, did you watch any of the stream or did you catch any of the words? I, I haven't. No, I haven't. Um, talk about preparation. No, I've seen the little video trailer. Yeah. That's did that. but no i haven't seen this so uh, uh like i said i said to tiff like you know should i do it six o'clock in the morning or three or two o'clock she was like ben you're, you're being ridiculous don't do it at two o'clock and then um i just woke up at 2 30 couldn't get back to sleep so came in here and, and did a quick sneaky filming sesh uh and went back to bed at half four once it was all posted i woke up at eight uh, <laughs> she was like oh you're not feeling you're doing your filming i was like I've already done it. It is all done. And she was like, I didn't hear you. Tiff is so sensitive to sound, light, and occasionally me just being alive uh, next door to her upsets her <laughs> during, during, during the nighttime. Um, Romance isn't dead. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. She's so sweet. She's the sweetest person in the world. But at bedtime, it is bedtime. Like, I'll just be merrily playing Wordle or a game on my phone or something. And she'll be like, all right, I think it's bedtime now. I was like, oh, okay, let me wrap up. And she's like, no, I'm going to turn the light out. And just turns the light out and goes to sleep and then gets really huffy if there's any kind of light or sound on the go. Uh, so I was like, this is going to be very risky. I could be I could be up against a very angry Tiff. So I kind of talked really hushed and it, it worked. It worked. She didn't wake up and we got to do a very early preview. So yeah, watch the, the Norse stream and there's a couple of changes and it's it's super interesting now what we're going to do is we're going to talk through the news release to look at the models and then we'll take a quick break and we'll talk about some of the changes and what we expect them to be um but i mean ben i know you've seen the video therefore you've seen the whole team yes what do you think to the models i really like them i really really like them i think they are probably definitely one of the more detailed blood bowl teams that we have now like, there's a lot going on on some of these models, like the Berserkers, I think they are, where they have quite extravagant um, armor buns. They've got a lot of stuff. They've got a lot of stuff. So yeah. the, the team, as it was spoiled, was uh, 12 dudes slash dudettes and two little piggies that we will talk about in a minute. Um, the breakdown of the box was that there are two Berserkers, two Valkyries, two Ulfwarriners, and six linemen and two aforementioned piggies. So... 14 dudes in a box and the armor style is kind of slavic i think they you know they've got that kislev kind of trait mm, where they've got kind of does yeah a bit mongolian like 
with the yes. the uh, the fur outlines to stuff. The, cir- the circular bits yeah. of armor, circular yeah. armor, tufty bits, and also the baggy pants. Sorry, baggy trousers. Yes. Um, there you go. I've offended England now too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Racking them up. Yeah, I know. Go doing the world tour. This was not what I had in mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a there's a ton of detail. Like on their helmets and things, they've got a lot of the ringlet insignia. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a bunch of beards. Is that beard stuff or is it just hair? Like oh, there's a lot of beards. A lot of beards. A lot of uh, braids. Uh, a lot of detail. Uh, do you think it's do you think the team's more or less detailed than the Marauders from uh, from Corn than the Corn team? Well, this is more than Corn. Corn yeah. doesn't actually have a huge amount going for it. Like, not going for it. And that's wrong. They're, they're fantastic, Ooh, but it doesn't have a huge amount. Corn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have a huge amount going on. Like on the models, they're quite um, they're quite straightforward in a way. Yeah. Not in a bad way. In like a really stylish way. These these, these are like there's a lot of detail on. There's a lot of detail, but it doesn't look too cluttered, though, which is really quite nice. No, that's true. Um, uh, but there is a lot of detail. I think I'm super lazy and a, a jolly good, like, agraxing or contrasting. Um, contrast brown is now my most favourite paint in the world. I, I think it would help pick out the details, but you'd have to do a lot of work, I think, picking out stuff on these models. Um, but Yeah, they won't paint up super quick these ones i think no there's a bit of trim as well isn't there like mm. around oh, that's the worst um but i mean super i think sorry i think better. something i'd say which i actually did see i think i saw this online um i think this might be the first team we've had from games workshop where it really does feel like they're inspired by third parties rather than the other way around oh okay I think these, I mean, For I don't know why? how long ago these were sculpted because I know production takes some time. Got but I feel year. like these, I don't know, because I feel like these are very inspired by Pungas. Pungas new Kickstarter for Norse. I think there's a lot of stuff taken from that that's kind of like leaning into it. Or like in terms of also some stylistic choices, like like the beer. That's quite like a third party thing to have like this kind of theme of they are drunk. <laughs> like that feels like quite a, a third party thing to lean. I don't know what it is. It's just something about this. These models feel not that games workshop. Um, like, If this was a third party team, I would not be surprised. But I am quite surprised to see this from Games Workshop. Do you know what? That is a really fair thing. So the models I've got on the screen at the moment is the uh, one of the Ulfwarriners with one of the Valkyries. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, they don't fit the classic Games Workshop bulbous proportion. I don't know. They look like they things could that be do, something else. The things that do fit are the poses. The running poses yeah. are very Games Workshop. Like when they have the arms sort of in front of them with like outstretched hands. And the other thing is having the hands, which kind of like, you know, it feels like they're, they're clawing something. One of the linemen is corn. They have straight up reused that, that pose, I think. It's one of the. Um, is it the he's got like fist, a fist in stand. front and uh, knuckle dusted to the left? Yeah, that is a corn pose. I, oh, it is. 100%, isn't it? It's the same model. Yeah. Okay, oh, I like this. So we've got a corn spiracy here. You think 
<laughs> that there is there is a chance that they kind of were inspired by the the punga slavic norse thing and then kind of i think rush this out i think part of me is that that's the conspiracy is they've seen Ooh. punga release their norse they had norse in the works they tried to expedite this quickly shoved out a uh, yeti so it doesn't seem like it's coming out of the blue too much and then put this out before the kickstarter gets delivered i, I oh, that's my conspiracy that is spicy <laughs> I do like that. I do like it. I, I mean, where can we cut corners? Oh, we can reuse the corn model. Uh, maybe some of the bodyguards from Nobility for the circus. Uh, <laughs> and oh man, Ben, look at the pose of the dude carrying a beer. So, like Ben said, there's some guys in here who have got beer tankards, and there is at least one dude who's standing on a beer, on a yeah. on a on a keg. That they've got this beer vibe going through, but the um. The pose of the guy with the helmet and the beer in his right hand. That is a nobility. It's a bodyguard, right? Or is it a lineman? He's got the classic lineman, lineman pose. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? How? How? Oh, no, it's the second bodyguard. It's not the primary bodyguard with the belly. It's the other guy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's intriguing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do like this. Right, um, the style's cool. Uh, the Slavic kind of helmets work really well. It, I, I wonder. Do you, oh, I don't know. I, you've got me thinking now. I wonder if they would go in Kislev, uh, or they've maybe used some of the assets from Kislev in um, Warhammer: Revenge of the Square Bases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love the style. They could have gone That's so cool. random shirt off, guys. Uh, my favourite pose is the Techno Viking, who's mm. standing Pungle on a rock. also did that, though. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I, I think the Techno Viking transcends company. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, um, I don't think they're the first either. So. No, no, definitely not. Mm. Uh, one thing I want to come across, and I super want your fear, your opinion of this, is there's a lot of debris on the bases with these guys. So yeah. Techno Viking's got a random rock and a skull head. There's a keg that another dude is standing on. We try and stay away from that in Blood Bowl, don't we? Because it's taking place on a pitch. So Exactly, yeah. It's not like a random battlefield full of debris and rubble. It, it's it's a neat pitch, which you would assume has some kind of airtaker. You know what I mean? It's it's a sport venue. They don't just have barrel. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like I, I actively try and avoid putting like rocks and things on Blood So do I. So I did the Artisan mm. Guild, uh, Thieves Guild. And some of them are like standing on bits, and it really—I didn't like it. I was like, "Ah, oh, I don't know. I don't like this. Like, they should be playing on a pitch. Like, they should be playing mm -hmm. on a on a coliseum pitch." But I mean, some of the dwarves have got rocks and stuff on their bases, so it's not true. It's, yeah, they do. It's it's cool. The poses are great, and I mean, if they got debris on the base, they've got debris on the base. It's not the biggest thing in the world. Um, cool design, cool concept interesting execution in a couple of ways but overall ben how do you feel about the team yeah i feel it's good i really like that there's female sculpts in it um with the the form of the valkyries like i i like that i think that's something that's really good about blood bowl is that especially more recently we've had more female models yep. work their way in we had that with elves like they've got plenty um be nice to see have a have like more of a choice like different um, it looks like there's a female lineman as well. Oh, was that? It might just be a female head swap. Um, 
which I think would be quite cool. Oh, yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, no, that's really good. I, I really like to see that because, you know, Norse has always had that kind of like, oh, masculine, manly kind of. Over the top. We all have block. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> yeah, an overly muscular kind of vibe. So it's nice to sort of see this um, this more representation. So um, I want to draw your attention now to the Ulfwarrenus because uh, mm. we, you know, we, we, we discussed the, the roster and whether or not they were going to keep the Ulfwarrenus, whether the positionals were going to change. Ulf Wurners are kind of like half men, half beasts. Uh, like the uh, Wolfen. Yeah. Right. And yeah. they've definitely got vibes of the Wolfen from 40k. What do you think to the Ulf models? I, I don't think they're really good. I think they're very distinct um, without kind of going, this is kind of just a werewolf. Um, I, I do like them a lot. I think um, I think they're very, like, it's clear to see that this is an Ulf Werner on the team. Yeah, they, they've done a good job, and they have just stuck a a, a wolf head on their shoulder pads <laughs> yeah, well yeah. to make it there. They don't look massive. They don't look massive and strength. Because they're strength four, aren't they? They're supposed yeah. to be strength four. This is a, this is something that a lot of people have commented on um, on the morning video today. It's just like the elves look a little bit small. Like maybe they're not going to be strength four anymore. I, I I don't think. I mean, we'll talk about that in the next topic. But I like the model. I like the pose. They've got that saber tooth vibe, like uh, from yeah. X Men. Um, big fan of that now the berserkers are the other positional that looks like it has stayed um and they're the guys with no trousers they've got shorts on and they are flat on in a war dance pose is that the the running front running yeah, guy. yeah 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 that's okay full-on war dancer i didn't know if it was going to be them or if it's going to be the guys with the beer and the duster yeah yeah i think it and uh i don't know if that's been confirmed or not as to whether it is those models i think it's those guys i think they look more different yeah that's true um but could be absolutely wrong uh i like them uh there's a couple of spare heads which is really important so there's a helmet all of these guys look like they have multiple appendages mm -hmm. uh, so you've got head swaps and you've got arm and leg swaps as well i think yeah so the Techno Viking's got head swap. He's got a left hand that points to the sky. He's also got a beer in his hand. Uh, the not a bodyguard. I think it's just got a random head swap. The Berserker's got a head swap. Uh, oh, there's a yeah. The the Techno Viking's got either a keg to stand on or the rock to stand on. Yeah. And the, the pointing or the mug. yeah. And the Valkyrie's got a head swap in there so mm -hmm. there's a lot of interchangeability here which is really 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 good uh that started with the nurgle team i think the t nurgle team was the first one that had any interchangeable parts so you could have a head swap yeah. or something and now did did corn or did was corn just one build corn uh, had a few different heads um yeah corn because you can have like a lot of helmets or you can have more of the bare-headed oh, ones that's good yeah, I didn't. Goblins have that. Was that before? Yeah, Nurgle? was that after? Nurgle? Oh yeah, goblins did have different heads. You're quite right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Nurgle but, uh, was before goblins. I can't. I can't. Remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> um, and then there are the Valkyries. So, like I said, we'll, we'll go into the positionals and the changes in a second. But as a model, they've got the running thrower pose. Uh, the design fits in with the rest of the team. This is probably the model that looks the least Games Workshop to me. Mm, it does, doesn't it? I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's their helmet style. 
Um, it looks more like uh, Conquest. It looks more like a, a, a Simon game. It, they genuinely look like they're from... Um, oh, Ben, what's the game from Fantasy Flight with the dungeons? Oh, Descent. Yes, they've got a Descent vibe about them i don't know i think it's just the winged helmets with the face mask i think they look really cool and i think we'll see these models being used as throwers in other teams i could definitely see that yeah that's really cool um uh, i think it's wicked first female thrower in blood bowl i think oh no the wood elf is a thrower female thrower i think is that right yeah maybe i don't know is it doesn't matter it's a really cool sculpt and i love that they've gone with it there are no catchers here there are no throwers here. There is only the Valkyrie. So we don't know entirely what that means, but we do know that there's two Valkyries in the box, two Berserkers in the boxes, two Ulfwaranas in the boxes, six line dudes and dudettes in the box, and we come to it finally. I'm going to use the proper terminology here. Uh, the Beer Boars. This, beer boars. <laughs> was, this was a, a bit of a twist. Um, so the box does, does include two of these little pig guys with a beer barrel strapped to their back. Uh, I have subsequently started calling them man beer pig. Um, <laughs> that is good. It's <laughs> very good. Uh, but th these, so one thing that was absolutely not, I see, this is it. I was very trepidatious when I did the video in the middle of the night. I didn't want to commit because Wade on the preview had said these are positionals. They are going on the pitch. They are 20k a piece, but I still don't trust them to get it right. Uh, that might I just think... be my corporate side coming through where I don't trust anybody to do anything properly because people are not good at sharing information correctly in corporations. But he did say that stuff. So it's... And also when they had like the, the team shop video where they kind yeah. of do all the team angles, they're in that. And they like the are. tokens and stuff never are. So. so we've got beer pigs. And one thing they said about them, um, here we go. Uh, the team has some unique positionals, including the skillful Valkyries, the brutal Berserkers, and the even more brutal Ulfwarriners, who look like they could have flown in straight from Fenris for a game of Blood Bowl. Our favourite player, however, is the Beer Boar. Uh, not only do they provide a quick mid-game pick-me-up to the rest of the team, but they'll surely be challenging the Avatar game for this year's Miniature of the Year prize. So these are little dudes... And in the article, it says they provide a quick mid-game pick-me-up. But also when they were doing the preview, they talked about, you know, they can be used at halftime to, not, I, I can't remember, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, to revive the team, to inspire the team or something. Um, like a, Could it just be like a cake? It could be like a cake. And this is what we are going to properly bandy about in a minute. Because it is probably the, oh, golly my gosh. Uh, that was loud. Um, so apologies for those of you who are listening. That was uncool of me. I pressed play on the video because I was like, I want to see the whole team together. And then Games Workshop was like, boom, noise. Um, I, the video was cool. The team looked cool. Where's the picture of the whole flip-flopping team? There we go. Flip-flopping team. Uh, I think they did a bad job with the pitch. Oh, I don't... And the reason I think they did a bad job with the pitch on the display of the video is because it is a vanilla pitch, right? So, right. And they've got ice stuff in the background with white around the base, and it's just chucked on the pitch. 
It's the least finished one they've done so far, Ben, which does play into your theory of uh, <laughs> of speeding it through the works, which I'm now properly intrigued by. Uh, but yeah, you're right. We've got pigs. The pigs are on 25 mil bases. They are wee little things. And you get 14. And the most important thing about this is something that Milton pointed out to us when the Yeti was spoiled, is the Yeti was the number 15 player. Because we talked about it, didn't we? Ah, uh, yeah. About there being 14 players. And you know what? There is 14 players in this box, including the two man-beer pigs. Which is really interesting. Mm. Um, but, I mean, 14 players is a really good buy-in point. Yeah, you've got to get the Yeti, but depending on the price point for the Norse team um, and the positionals, you may not want the Yeti. You, you should have the yeti but then i am incredibly biased towards big guys especially ones with frenzy so i mean you know think of that what you will but as a release ben what do you reckon i think it's uh it's really good you know games workshop boys do fantastic teams don't they um yeah whether you can get the full team for prices we'll have to see like we'll have to see like they generally seem to be doing that though like they've got better haven't they yeah like i say you get the full team in a box like that's usually easier with newer teams than it is older ones. I think um, I think the, the best example of this where the, I think they overly did it was the Lizardman team. Um where they've given you all the positionals, so all six Sauruses, uh but not really enough squigs at uh, squigs. Ah oh, squigs. Squigs. Getting hopeful. <laughs> skinks. Um and uh if you want to have an all skink team or you need to pad out your skinks, you need a second box and you end up with too many Sauruses. When it comes to the Norse team, there will definitely be a point where you you, you might want more line people uh, and a second box means you're going to have spares but those berserkers you're going to have spare the old runners you're going to have spare the throwers you're going to have spare they're perfect you can use them in other teams you can use them as star players you could you know do other stuff like having a couple of those berserkers as a blitzer in any other team wicked like awesome having the valkyrie you know you get two of these you run the va one valkyrie in an owa team the other valkyrie in your renegades team as a thrower if you're going to be that kind of guy um you know i think it's cool I, I think it's cool and two boxes just seems fine i think it's probably because they've trained us to buy two boxes but i think getting two boxes because it's an expansion as opposed to a requisite is great um and i'm loving the pigs now what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to take a bit of a deep dive into uh, how the Norse roster looks now and what these positional changes could mean for the team. And we're back. So we are going to take a bit of a dive into the world of Norse as they were and now as they are going to be. But Ben mentioned the Punga um norse team beforehand and uh actually i thought i'd pop them up on the screen here for those of you who are watching on youtube just to see the similarities they've there's a lot of similarities like the the baggy trousers the fur boots i mean i mm -hmm. think the norse team that they've done is a is it feels a bit more chaosy but they've got that they've got the chaos tribes they've got the wolf bits i don't know if it's yeah, just the, the elf the elves in punga one are a lot more wolfy yeah they're a lot, a lot more like beasts, and they're, they're generally a lot more sort of like, you know, defined musculature, which you often get on um, yeah, prison teams. Um, um, 
Oh, I like their oh, berserkers. I like their berserkers a lot with the skull faces. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Oh man, this is a cool team. Are they the berserkers or are they the runners? I thought the berserkers were going to be the guys with the. Oh yeah, uh, pelts. Ulfs are the were-looking people. The pelts are the berserkers, yep. and the uh, must have been catchers, I guess, with the skull catchers? faces. Yeah, that would make sense. Throwers there, you got yeah. alignment. Well. Uh, the Yeti looks quite similar as well. But that's because this Yeti is definitely based on the Yeetis from the Yoga World um, yes. Games Workshop. So that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, oh, I really like those catcher dudes. Um, but mm. you can use them as your Valkyries. And that, I think, is a pretty good point to transition over to talking about this roster as it stands now <laughs> and the changes within it um before we do that before yes, we do that go i'll say with the valkyries if you did back the punga kickstarter along with their amazon team there are two players in the amazon team specifically who are valkyries so oh, if you amazing. want to use valkyries they are perfect right so yeah. the old norse team was not to 12 norse linemen uh 50k 6 3 3 plus edge 4 plus passing armor 8 plus and block Okay, so one less armor than a human lineman, but they have block. This was the Norse shtick, wasn't it? Is that their dudes have block. They're vulnerable, but they have block. Um, two throwers who are 20k more than a lineman, and they have pass with passing access. Two catchers who are 90k and extra movement, uh, block and dauntless. Um, same agility, just movement seven with agility access on a normal. That's quite. That was quite huge norse catchers were sneaky excellent because they were the fastest players on this team and two touchdowns away from becoming bludgers uh, and that's that's a very quick way to well lose friends um and then uh then you had nought to two norse berserkers so they were 90k uh same stats as alignment slightly worse passing same armor as alignment which is interesting i thought they were a bit tougher but they weren't block frenzy and jump up with uh, general and strength access nought to two ulf warriors now these were just awesome players uh, 105k i think they they went up in price a little bit in this edition movement six strength four Edge 4+, plus, no passing, 9+, plus armor, and Frenzy with general and strength. They are the best linebackers in Blood Bowl. They're the fastest strength 4-piece that isn't a Saurus, um, but they've come with Frenzy and reasonable agility on that 4+, plus as well. Yeah, and decent armor. Very decent armor, and general and strength access. So they become block, Frenzy, and strength 4. Yeah, really good price. 105. Probably one of my favorite players in the game, because that I think the Blood Seeker has kind of backfilled that role now. These guys are better because they're faster, but the Blood Seeker is better armor, and you get four of them, so they kind of they kind of ousted them a little bit. Um, but the fact that we've got the Ulf Warriors still in the team is huge because it was such an important part. And then the last bit to wrap up the team was the Yeti, 140k, which is Croxagore price, so cheaper than a Minotaur. Uh, movement 5, Strength 5, Edge 5+, plus, Armor 9+, plus, Claws, Disturbing Presence, Frenzy, Lona 4+, plus, and Unchanneled Fury. Unchanneled Fury is the wild animal one, isn't it? It's the one, animal, yeah. animal Savagery is the one where you punch your own guy. This is just the one where you get angry and scream at the sky. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Claws on a big guy is always really, really good. Yeah. Bloodspawn, decent yeah. player. 
decent player there uh, for 60k more than a Yeti and and you got strength access so actually one skill up I mean the first thing a Yeti takes generally speaking is well actually in the old edition it would have been Mighty Blow in the new edition where Mighty Blow and Claws doesn't stack it it is a bit more like do I take Guard to make my other guys better do I take Brawler to make my blocks more effective Juggernaut I like Juggernaut on these players especially with a Frenzy like you get nice blitzes with that um you you do yeah it's juggernaut brawler guard uh, mighty blow i mean especially with unchanneled fury because often you blitz with these players to actually get them into where they need to be yeah that's, i think that's why i like juggernaut with it that's fair but, you are often blitzing with it yeah you're quite right um i, I like getting them stuck in um but because you've got the old foreigners who, who blitz very effectively as well true Ah, Norse is a solid team. I'm so glad we're getting a, a proper proper team. Now, before we go and look at and speculate on the other positionals, um, third-party teams. Teams of Legend, we've done this as a podcast episode. Ben, you backed the heck out of Punga. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, whether, I'll, whether I'll get them is a different story. Though. That is <laughs> true, search, actually. But... That is very true. Yeah, I don't know what the hell to deal with is with that at the moment. But... Um, so... As it stands, you've still got your two Wolf Warriors, you've still got your two Berserkers, you've got your linemen, you've got the Valkyrie, which is going to be the first piece that we talk about. Uh, that is described to be a between a thrower and a catcher. Okay, the, the primary ball carrier is how it was described. And um, like you said a minute ago, when you're looking at the team, you've got the thrower models, you've got the catcher models. If you've backed the Amazon team, you've got that as well. How are you feeling about the carryover of third-party teams into the new world of norse i think generally they'd be pretty okay I, there's not there's you could easily represent them with something even if it was just like a different you know colored armor or some helmeted players and not helmeted players um ultimately you look at the norse team that games workshop have made yeah and they're all pretty similar to each other um like there's not a huge amount in it, and you even get some teams like uh, Nobility where you cannot tell the difference between them anyway. So yeah, I, I don't think it matters that's fair. too much. I think it's yeah, I think it's it's clear like it's clear at a glance what a player is and how they differ and they what skills they have differently. That's fine. And if it, if if the Amazon players are just like purely ball carrying related skills, that's usually not of massive importance to the opponent which is where it matters more yeah i think as long as your opponent is clear and it's stuff like block or you know was it like a wrestle some something that would affect their decision yeah i think that's where it matters most yeah i mean you're bang on the money as long as it's clearly defined you can use whatever you want as whatever you want and then if that fails you just give them purple base rings and keep your girlfriend happy yeah. uh, which, I, <laughs> which i think is fair now i think So on the stream, yeah, they were talking about the Valkyrie and how it's the the ball carrying and throwing shenanigans player while everyone else crumps the enemy. So let's talk through the Valkyrie, Ben. Um, mm. Thrower is gone, catcher is gone. Now this is a speculation, but I think we're pretty certain that those two positionals are gone and have been replaced by the Valkyrie. The Valkyrie is in a running, throwing pose, but in Games Workshop land, that generally means nothing on account of the mummies running. So we've got to be very conscious, <laughs> very conscious of that. <clears throat> what do we think the Valkyrie is going to be 
on this team? What skills? What set? Let's let's identify the model type. Let's let's have a look at have a look and, and, and kind of cogitate what we expect that player piece to do. I don't think any skills really stand out like what this could be. Like maybe like simple short hands to give you some reliability to getting the ball. If they're going to get rid of stuff like pass, then maybe they're going to replace it with just you can get the ball and then just try and hang on to it. Um, I'm not sure. What about you? Is there anything so, jumping out? So the Norse deal... <clears throat> as it was in the old edition, this may have changed, is that everyone had block. The thrower had block, the catcher had block, the lineman had block, the berserker had block, the elf didn't have block, but all the human parts had block. So the thrower was block pass, the catcher was block dauntless, which didn't make a lot of sense as a catcher. It, so <clears throat> I my best guess for this piece, and I'm going to throw in, a, I guess, my, my, my best hopeful guess, is we're going to see movement seven, strength three, edge three plus, passing three plus, not two plus, three plus, armor eight plus, and then I think we're going to see one and a half good skills. And what what I mean by that, someone in the in the chat earlier in the chat on the video said like, you know, what about sure hands? Sure hands, yes, if the combat skill is different i don't think we'll see block sure hands i think that's just insanely too good that will be ridiculous so we if we see the entire norse team transition to brawler instead of block to represent the fact that they are drunken brawlers okay we i could see them doing that they haven't said that there's block everywhere so it's definitely something they could do um and they did it with the dwarves on the owa team if they end up with brawler and this valkyrie positional ends up with brawler then yeah sure hands is a thing mm -hmm. if if it's block then i think we'll see pass and do you know what part i i think i don't think we'll see any of the other silly pass skills i think it will be block pass maybe not like the nobility where they got pass running pass yeah exactly yeah out that's what i kind of think was going to happen i think Worst case scenario, this positional is just the Norse thrower, right? 70k, movement 6, block pass. Okay, and you know what? That's fine. Like, that's absolutely fine. If you don't have the catchers, you've got more of an opportunity to, to develop your thrower to be your primary ball carrier. If they are more of the catcher base, like movement 7 with agility access, then actually they're going to be superstars, like with block. But the key for me is, is whether or not they have block, because if they got block, they will not give. Now, this is a bit of a statement. They will not give another um, S rank skill. Okay. And that's what I consider sure hands to be. Sure hands yeah. and block are just the two best skills kicking about. I I don't see that happening. Um, and I don't see this player getting better than a three plus pass. So. Yeah. That's, I think it's something they tend, they've, well, at least what it feels like they've done more recently is sort of given these starting players like you say half skills like mm. stuff that you didn't you didn't normally pick yes but like you know we had like running pass in ability um along with like stand firm on a line on like a bodyguard which you might not normally take yeah and then like grab on black orcs and it kind of gives them identity so you might even 
be that in this team where they have something else. It could even be like skills like safe pair of hands. Yeah. You know, which you might not normally get. Um I don't even remember what that does now. Is that the one that protects you against like I think that's the one where if you get knocked down, you get to choose where the ball goes. Um, right, okay. And, and yeah. you're right. This could be a really good opportunity for them to bust out a skill that doesn't normally get used much, which yeah. which makes me worry a little bit, uh, but could be awesome. Um, now, if they're going to make this team a running team, and historically Norse are a running team because they've got that combat piece, uh, then actually this dude coming with sure hands would be awesome or coming with block because that's what they're going to end up now where there's no catcher in this team there's no point throwing most of the time so them having pass would be suboptimal. my only thing is what if they go nobility blitzer route with this positional block catch with a passing of three plus and then you can develop one to be a catcher and one to be a thrower that would be very a very good player. That's along it. with the rest of the team, depending on what the rest of the team is. Cause... If if these these gals end up as nobility blitzers, but with one less armor, okay. What's the nobility blitzer? It's like aggravatingly expensive, isn't it? One hundred five k or something that doesn't need to be. Yeah, I think it's hundred. Put this ninety k movement seven, one armor less, fifteen k less, block and catch with just general and agility and passing maybe on a single, and you've only got two. They kind of become the superstars of the team. Uh, and this is it. We don't know. If Norse go brawler route, this changes everything because then you can give them sure hands. Yeah. And I think they will. I think based on what you said, I think they will. I think block everywhere isn't really... It's not very creative design, is it? And I think maybe Games Workshop will want to mix it up a bit. It's it's very easy to just be like, ah, everyone is block. Um, sorry, Milton. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a, a significant moving of someone's cheese. Um, but yeah, I, that is massively the vulnerability. <laughs> you know, I, I, what do you think is going to happen? Like, ge genuinely baseline Games Workshop, what do you think they're going to do? Let's have your, your, your genuine I, I prediction. I think they will be brawler. I really do. I think they will. I think they like having that skill. It does make them quite similar to Blackhawk, so you got brawl everywhere. But they're not because they're strength three. And I think you still have block on like the Berserkers. It does um, it does differentiate your combat pieces, I guess. Yeah, it does. And it still gives if you still have the Norse identity, you want to get stuck in. And that's kind of why I thought maybe like now you've explained it to me, I think I'm even more convinced on something like safe pair of hands, because the Norse playstyle is very offensive. Yeah, very offensive. You want to just get absolutely stuck in there and cause damage. You have no other interest in just damaging. Like dodging doesn't matter. You're there to do damage with your skills, not your strength. And um, having safe pair of hands kind of lends itself to that playstyle because you can afford to get a bit more stuck in. Yeah, and then you get knocked down. You put the ball there. You pick it up with one of your jump up pieces, and you carry on going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Maybe we'll see more stuff like that. You know, the jump up, the safe pair of hands, the even defensive, maybe. I don't know. I think they'll stick with block with their core skills because I think they'll be afraid of the I genuinely, I, doubt, I think maybe. they'll be afraid of the backlash uh, because that is a monstrous change. Um, I don't think it's a bad change, but it, it would massively change up the play experience. Uh, and I think they'll play it really 
really close with the Valkyrie, and I think it will also be a movement six piece that that has block and pass, which will be a skill that never gets used. That's my worry with this piece is that if they, if it's movement six. The Norse thrower was useless with the exception of running them in a tournament to take leader. So you save yourself <laughs> the money. Like This piece here is such a cool model. It deserves to be played. So nobility blitzer or just keep the cat. Like if they took away throwers and just had catchers, fine. Right. Movement seven and agility access gives that player a, uh, an identity of itself. Um, best a great suggestion was what if they had pro? Um, I no other skills, just had pro, because then they're good at throwing, they're good at blocking, they're good at dodging. You've kind of got that inbuilt, and it shows that they are Odin's elite. I thought that was a great call. Um, yeah, I don't think they'll do it, but that is a skill that we don't see rostered anywhere that doesn't start anywhere. Uh, that could be kind of it could definitely channel that elite vibe. Um, but again, I think that's probably too too uh exotic for it to be <laughs> i don't know we'll see we'll see i don't think they're too afraid of doing exotic any i i i think the original norse roster was a little bit just not good like i for lack of a better term like it was i i, I know i'm gonna upset some people there but it's just <laughs> it was a bit of a it's a bit of a mess isn't it like like you've said you know block dauntless for a catcher doesn't make any sense um yeah, You've got way too many positionals from the get-go. You could get rid of catchers and be fine. I, I, um, we talked about this, didn't we? About yeah. uh, combining the throw and the catcher. Looks like they've done it. I'm super, I'm super on board with that. I just hope they don't fluff the opportunity and get rid of the the catchers. Yeah. But I mean, Ben, the biggest news, and we haven't talked about this yet, uh, is is the the beer balls, the beer pigs. pigs. Uh, yeah. This is just random. <laughs> Like completely random. I, I absolutely love it. I mean, where do you stand on man bear pig? Uh, I think it's interesting. Pig. I I did have a feeling of just like Games Workshop are kind of forcing the memes a little bit. Just like, oh, this is going to be miniature of the year because it's an animal and it's funny, right, guys? <laughs> um, no, I think that it's worthy of it because yeah, these are just hilarious. I I don't. I don't see how they fit, though. Like, they're good, they're cool, they're funny. It's very Blood Bowl, but it's not very, like, Blood Bowl as a game. They're just a pig running around. So, this oh. is why I don't think they'll move too far away from Block. Because as an aesthetic and as a team design, they've leaned very heavily into beer. The players have got beer. Uh, they're, mm -hmm. they're standing on beer kegs and their special team thing is 20k pigs with beer barrels attached to them that are somehow allowed on the pitch so it's a 20k <laughs> positional that was you know essentially confirmed um I, so this is where the fun genuinely begins and this is why i think that the, the, they're going to leave the core team alone is because it, it's a weird one um but what the heck do you think these guys are going to do? Like, I, I have no idea. I, I genuinely don't. I saw some good suggestions of... I, said, I think I said it before with the Valkyries, but defensive is not a bad suggestion. Um, you know, you're just... Like, because defensive yeah. turns off guard. You're distracting guard players. Guard players are usually big, probably interested in, like, oh, having a pint, you know? Yeah. Like a Black Orc or a Troll or something like that. 
Um, I could definitely see that. And defensive works nicely in the Norse playstyle, where your strength is often a little bit lower than other bashing teams. And it's so, not a skill that you see used. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that's a really cool suggestion that saw. Um, I did as that, well. I, I, I did like that. Now, there's a there's a... Let's assume they're going to lean into the random animal running around distracting stuff trope. Okay, let's let's say they start there and it gets weirder. So uh, defensive and guard are two of the most obvious choices, as is disturbing presence. Um, so those are those are like the, the core skills that are there that would do stuff to represent like it, it's it's a beer mascot on the pitch yeah i'm now more pumped i'm now stronger i need to protect the beer pig you know or mm. like you said defensive like we're distracting the opponent now we're stronger protecting the beer pig uh you know disturbing presence there's a beer pig uh you know all that stuff makes like that's fine that fits within the rules without engineering without a new skill without a new mechanic and this is where my question comes to you bt do you think with the beer balls, with the man beer pigs, we will see a new skill slash new mechanic specifically for this open quote positional? I think there's a really decent chance. Um, was that one? Oh, no, I can't remember. Someone, someone suggested a name, but I can't remember what it was. But anyway, yeah, no, um, I... I think that's possibly this this could be something that they're trying to lean into. We saw this kind of with the referees where we've now got kind of another presence on the pitch and maybe they're trying to experiment more with that or bringing more stuff on that's kind of like not a player but an addition. Yeah, um, and this is definitely a step towards that. This is the first I think the first animal on the pitch. The first what I would say acorn? Yeah, but he's anthropomorphized. He is a player. He is it's a player. player. In the same way that a skeleton has character, so does Acorn. Where yeah. these guys, they are the first, I guess, non-anthropomorphized creature being that we're seeing on the Blood Bowl pitch. I don't yeah. think there's anything else with the exception of... Well, this doesn't count because Rumbelo doesn't have a model. Uh, with, the, with the exception of Rumbelo's mount. Everything else is a dude, roughly, that could be in a Star Wars movie, right? Or a fantasy movie, like, oh, we've got the Goblin, we've got the, the Minotaur, we've got the Goatman. Like, these are things that are like, okay, I can buy something off this Goatman and we can do a deal. That feels like there's a level there. Now, we've genuinely got, I mean, I absolutely love this dude's hat. I think it's wicked. Um, but we've just got an animal with a barrel strapped to it that is a positional. And... On the one hand, I love this. Getting stuff on the pitch is really cool. I have long been a promoter of one, the Squig team. But two, I really want Noblar trappers and I want trap tokens and I want little things and I want them to be on the pitch because actually there's a, a complete area of game design there where that's not, it's just not, it's just not there. Yeah, um, and it's a great way to expand the the game. Like it, it's it's awesome stuff to add to the game that doesn't require you to like scrap everything you've got and you've already got. If you just add new things that can like be thrown in, yeah, that's a really awesome way to kind of keep the game alive and evolving. Which, but, but where they've called this positional, this means that that the player thirteen and fourteen on this roster is going to be, I mean, Timon and Pumba, right? And that 
that feels weird to me that we're going to have these pigs who are going to get SPP and they are going to level up. If they are a yeah. pig, if they are a rostered positional, that is fine. What I assumed at first is that this is going to be kind of like um, the Joseph Bugman inducement or the angry cheerleader inducement where it is an inducement but you can put it on the pitch if you need to so bugman will come on the pitch if you've if you're down to less than 11 players he'll come on and he's got stats i was like actually it could be interesting to see this is the only thing that i struggle with with the beer balls is they don't have that but then they do have the mascot angle where you're like oh what's your favorite beer ball player is like oh it's it's terry number 17 of the the scrim craw crawler people and and like you know, people will get behind it. It's just, I don't know, just that little bit doesn't marry up to me. And that's the only thing I'm struggling to accept. From a sports roleplay point of view, I can't imagine myself as the beer ball. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, literally what you just said there, where they said they provide a quick mid-game pick-me-up to the rest of their team. So if they act as like a keg as well, why... Is that now on the pitch? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's support staff, right? Surely it's now filling a support staff role, which, you know, you don't get your cheerleaders on the pitch. Like, I, I get the whole design aspect of you could get a cheaper keg benefit at risk of being battered by the enemy team. But if they don't do anything else on top of that, you may as well just keep them right at the back. And, you know. and we've got to assume that if they're a positional, they're taking up, the, they're taking up one of your 11 players on the pitch. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a good point. Unless they have warming, and that, know, and that's no, it. even they that yeah. wouldn't work. So this is what I'm really intrigued by. Now I'm in a power game for a second. Having access to players that are 20k on a team like Norse, that is going to save you 60k to put towards star players if you're playing in in a tournament. So I'm assuming you can take two beer balls because there are beer balls. If they still account as players, that means you can take nine dudes two beer bores and increase your tv gap so you're saving money on two um two linemen so you're playing an 1100 tv tournament you take two beer bores you've basically got 1160 worth of gap to put a star player in there that means you can take griff easier and it means you can actually save 60k and take those off warriors as well so interesting that's really powerful uh you know, really powerful. I think it could be, it could be. I mean, or, I mean, it helps, right? It's options. Options open gaps. You know, mm. the more options you have, yeah, things you can try. So now let's assume that these are gonna be players. They're on a twenty-five mil round base. That puts them in my mind at strength one. That seem about right. Gotta be. So strength one, probably stunty, probably titchy, probably dodge because that's just kind of what I can see them running around, squealing around. Maybe they don't have stunty because they've got stuff on them. Um, uh, somebody mentioned that they were like, well, what if they're, what if it's like a bomb? I think it was Chris Black said, what if it's a bomb? You know, what if that is interesting? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> now I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, that <laughs> yeah. is really interesting. Uh, and you're just really opening the, uh, opening the cards here for a night goblin tea with squigs and squig bombs and things. You need uh, a rostered player, which you, immediately kill <laughs> yeah interesting one yeah. um now if they're if they're going to be players no hands stunty titchy dodge strength one snotling probably speed and stats prop i don't think they'll have sidestep because they're ch they're chunky and clunky i don't think that will they're fit a pig yeah 
if that is the bar here, let's assume that we ignore everything else, then actually it could be useful to have one to run around and take or, and create opportunity assists. That would be the low bar here. You're saving some team value for star players and in positionals. Um, but, you know, basically at 60k, 60k reroll, you can take two less linemen, take two pigs instead, and it comes with a free reroll, basically. So you, like from a team building point of view, that's the lowest bar you've got here. Then we up the stakes. We say that actually they've got, I think disturbing presence would be the least useful. And let, you know, for just on pitch rules, we're ignoring special rules for now. Guard and defensive would be really interesting. Guard on a titchy dodge player would be awesome and would work brilliantly for Norse. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that tact? Yeah, no, I, I, I think that would almost be too strong. I think for, I think if they are, because they say they're confirmed to be 20k. Yeah, yeah. Wade said that they were 20k positional. I think 20k for a itchy guard piece is insane. Would be monstrous, right? Yeah, I think defensive would be a little bit more reasonable because that's dependent. That you know, that's you have restrictive them, on the enemy having guard. Right? Yeah, and you so, have to put them in a position to get blatted. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing about guard is you've got a strength one guard player. Well, they're going to get melted, but it, it forces the hand of your opponent at that point, which is really, really useful. So that could be great. That's where I see, like, we'll say the low bar is they're just vanilla straight you know strength one piece of garbage maybe they've got horns maybe they've got dauntless because they're just little angry beings i don't know but it's not going to achieve much then we add in that question i asked you which is do you see them having a new skill or special rules and this is where it gets real interesting so with the game design hat on ben looking at this from a top-down themey aspect what would you have them do on the pitch Uh, I think genuinely just pure distraction. They need to cause some kind of disruption to the enemy. I think they would be more disruptive than they would be beneficial to the playing team because the playing team are trying to win a game of sports and they probably wouldn't allow their... They probably wouldn't put on the oars with kegs to let themselves get, like... Do you know what I mean? So I think to like have these run through being just like be free cause the enemy to you know be like what the hell is that? I think that could work. Um, I some part of me I was thinking maybe they'll have a negatrate because they're animals and would animals you know adhere to sports tactics? What which negatrate do you think would work better for an animal like this? really stupid i think you're right like what there's there then you've got a norseman herding a beer boar in the right direction yeah so, exactly. so actually yeah. a beer boar with guard and really stupid where one norseman has to herd them in the right direction would be epic oh, maybe yeah that would actually and they fail really stupid out, because they're standing on their own and you know what that's it, like and it, i don't know it, that's just that's a really narrative angle to take Mm. yeah that is and maybe they don't have titchy yeah maybe they don't because they've got barrels and actually you know what the bombardier mm. and the stilty runners and the fungus hoppers they don't have titchy so it, it kind of balances it out a little bit that that would be really interesting for me um and 
I mean, one of the easiest things they could do is to allow it as a player that doesn't count as one of your starting 11. Without swarming, it just says, you know what? Yeah. After setup, you can chuck a beer bore into, you know, a, a sideline because they run onto the pitch. Um, oh, that might be it. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, because they, they are your, they, they bring these along as kegs for the game. And then without controlling it, they just keep going on the pitch. They just want to get involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, that's kind of all. I think we've done a good job here so far of staying close to the actual core mechanics of the game. Mm. And this is where we're going to step outside of that now because this is where loads of people have had some really great ideas uh my most themey one i don't think would work because like right if there's a beer ball next to a norseman the norseman's drunk they've got really stupid but they're plus one strength or something because they're just like they've had a sip of beer and had a crazy time like there's there's a ton of stuff they could do like that um i think someone suggested that uh it gives jump up to uh, friendly players who are standing next to a beer ball because they're like up up for the beer it inspires them to That's get up good. and fight uh, which is interesting but that falls outside of the core mechanics now mm -hmm. and that would require a new skill or a special power and we have not seen that introduced in any team so far not on additionals right no yeah, not on, not, like, not on rosters definitely in inducements right that's inducements mm -hmm. of free game like absolutely fair game standard positionals and i'm thinking about this from the person who has to write the blooming rosters for our tournaments and stuff uh you know how are they going to manage that in game there's got to be a new skill that goes in there uh and that is fine like that is absolutely fine i i don't i don't i don't see anything coming in ben that would be stronger than guard Yeah, I, like guard would be strong, and it would have to have the some drawback, like we've already explained. I, I, I so yeah, look, guard, it, yeah. Let, let's let's look at it like that. Where you've got what could we introduce to the game that's really powerful? How about they give plus one to every block on people they're standing there, <laughs> which is guard, which is guard exactly. Mm -hmm. And there's an intrinsic balancing point there of. I'll just punch the ball then uh you know and that's okay like there is a balancing factor of choice they're like oh yeah i'm running two berserkers two elf warriors and a yeti max frenzy i've got two beer balls to run around chuck my guard on there to make sure i'm making profitable blocks having a wonderful time and then at half time you can just drink them uh, and you can re-roll your ko's for, uh, for the, the start of the second half like that all fine like that all fine the beer ball being a sacrificial thing falls into the the team special player the team special rule like with the necromantic like with the necromancers like that's a team special rule right uh so actually if you use the beer balls as a sacrifice to a rule instead of having the rule on them then it takes away complication from a player stat point of view as well like that's mm -hmm. your your Norse special rule is you can drink a beer ball. Uh, you know, take a beer ball and chuck it into the casualty box. Doesn't count as a casualty, but can't be used for the rest of the game. Uh, but you get to re-roll all your KOs. Uh, you know what? All right, that's that's reasonable. Hell, hell of a price at twenty k though. Anything, mm. anything we see for twenty k that has an actual effect is fifteen k is a snotling. 20k is a fungus flinger which is a superb player i'll give you that 
but the best case scenario it it bombs some dudes and then gets murdered okay beerbore 20k runs around on the pitch and then can revive a player or gives you beneficial it may be you know what maybe it just counts as a keg you can drink a beerbore and it counts as a keg um for at the end of a drive like all right I can see that. They've got no hands, probably. Which which kind of alleviates some things. Yeah, but then you just... If it's the keg, you just don't want to take it. Risk it no, or, like you, or, or you just put it at the end. Or you might want to take it. You probably don't want to take it because it, it's, then you're down to 10 players. So... Yeah, I suppose yeah. if you could take a keg or two beer balls uh, that once per game you can drink and have a keg, but just once... And you can also use them as little titchy players that run around. Mm. Yeah, okay. I don't see the point of that. I, I think they've got to do something that helps the team. They don't have... like they, These guys have got to have no hands. Okay? It, it would make no sense for them to have hands. I do, as much as we wish they <laughs> Yeah, I do love the idea of a beer ball picking <laughs> up a ball in his mouth and then running off. Like I think that's brilliant. But that would be really powerful for for Norse yeah, to no. all of a sudden get a stunty player uh yeah not not gonna happen um this is just the most interesting design angle they've taken a tier one team that is a serious team Norse is a serious team they've got rid of the most pointless positioner with the thrower and they may or may not be keeping it essentially love that move beer ball mm -hmm. super interesting worst case for me Ben would it be just it being pointless yeah that would be really disappointing that is just like oh that was a fun meme for the photos and yeah no one's ever going to take it that that would be disappointing and so i hope it's interesting and i hope it's a meaningful choice um yeah tough one so yeah worst case scenario for me is that the valkyrie is just the thrower and the catcher is gone and the beer balls are just garbage and don't do anything fun overpowered mm. realm uh the they end up with block and pass on the valkyrie with the catcher stats at movement seven <laughs> you can say block and pass on the beer ball that yeah. would be <laughs> and then the beer ball has guard and no negatrates um yeah but you know what as long as they balance it out a little bit i i think it's going to be okay so i'm not worried about the beer balls i think i'm more worried about the valkyries which one are you more worried about then uh, I'm more worried about the Valkyries because at the end of the day, the beer balls are fun little tokens, aren't they, for rerolls and cakes and things? Yeah, I think this is a great selling point for the team. I think there's going to be loads of players that pick up a Norse team and use these as kegs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's wicked. The Valkyrie model as well, I think we're going to see a lot of teams roll that out as your star player thrower. And I think that's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that too. Um, now, we've not seen the dice. We've not seen the spike. We've not seen the pitch. This is super early on. We have seen the Yeti, and the Yeti is a very cool model. Um, altogether, it looks like Norse are going to be a pretty great release. Uh, I, I mean... When's it going to come, do you reckon? So, it's the end of March now. When would be the most frustrating release point? We've got a tournament on the 7th of May. So, in fact, Ben, I bet you a box of Norse that it will land after then. After May. After May the 7th. After our tournament. Oh, I agree with you. I don't want to oh, have okay. to pay you Norse. Right, well, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I actually... I, 
I bet you a box of Norse that it will land either Saturday the 14th of May or the 21st of May. One to two weeks after our tournament. Okay, you're ambitious. I'm saying 18th of June. Oh, that would, that would suck. But you might be right. You might be is right. Is it Saturday they come out? It is Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 18th yeah. of June. Yeah. Now, the 7th of May... Oh, okay, let's not let's not beat around the bush here. Best case scenario, on Sunday they go, hey, this is up for pre-order on the second, and it's out on the 9th of April. That would be awesome. Not gonna happen, right? No. Oh, May is optimistic. But best case would be it would be sweet for them to land on um our Dungeon Bowl Day. That would just be awesome. Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't know where we talked about that. I don't know whether he's gonna fit into Dungeon Bowl. Oh yeah, no, great shout! Wow, what an accidental transition. Um, yeah, what 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 do you reckon is going to happen with these guys in DB? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Is there any? Hmm, where would they fit? I, I guess I like the Valkyries in Heavens. Valkyries in Heavens is pretty good, and especially yeah, Werners if... in Beasts. Yeah, gotta be. I, I... I mean, everything gets thrown in Beasts, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, and the Yeti in Beasts. Um, yeah. And this is it. How do you think they're going to do that? Yeah, maybe maybe just an FAQ, maybe like an update. I, I, I don't know. I I mean, we don't even have a Dungeon Ball rulebook yet, so like a standalone one. So maybe they're waiting to bring out a few teams before doing a Dungeon Ball compendium. I don't know. Maybe they, we'll have to wait and see. I, they, they could be as simple as they just be like, add these to your college rosters. It um, might be in the spike. Yeah, it could be. It might be a, a little one-pager that says Norse teams in Dungeon Bowl. You can add this player to this roster, this player to this roster, this player to this roster. They're great in Dungeon Bowl. Bye, bye, bye. Um, they might add a couple of colleges. They, you know, you might have like a College of Chaos and a College of, I don't know, the Order ice, The Ice something. College. Yeah, yeah, like that. And then you, bro, you mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see some new... I don't know. It depends on how much they want to support Dungeon Bowl. We won't know until the end of the year. Like yeah. we could, like we have with the um, with the Death Zone. Like it just randomly appeared in the middle of the year last year, didn't it? Like, yeah, that's hey, true. Here's a book of lols. Like enjoy. Like I could see them doing that this year with some Dungeon Ball stuff in, because the Death Zone last the Almanac with Death Zone. Um, what Summit had some Death Zone, some Blood Bowl Dungeon Ball rules in it. Mm. Was it? What was it? Was it Death Zone two? Yeah. Was it Death Zone? No, Death Zone 2 isn't a thing. It was the Almanac then. It was the Almanac. It was the yeah, Almanac. Was the Almanac. Okay. Yeah. For goodness sake. Um, yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Death Zone 2 comes out in summer, has extra Dungeon Ball rules, in, but they're only, only, only one more team. Like, best case scenario, mm. Norse come out by then. I. It's March. I, how many teams do you think we're going to see this year? Oh. Uh, two more? No, no, that's ambitious. One more. Uh, do you know what? One more team. I would team. love two more, but I think you. I think you're right. I think we'll have this team. Then in summer we'll have a death zone, maybe with some stuff in, uh, and then we'll have another team in autumn, and then maybe an almanac. Uh, so I, I think that probably is what we'll see going forward. And as long as that second team is squigs, because now apparently it's fine to have animals on a pitch. Then I'm I'm well happy and I'm on yeah, board that's, with that. Yeah, that does bode well for you. I'm still on slash team, but one of us is going to be right, or we're gonna, both going to be wrong. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> you were closest last year with corn, but 
I mean, uh, yeah, squigs, pigs. I think I've got a slight edge this year. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's a stretch, but I'm taking it. That's true. Mm. All right. Um, we'll probably have a few weeks before we see any info land with these guys, won't we? Well, yeah. Was there anything else cool in the release uh, that you thought was worth a mention? Uh, I think everything was kind of cool. I mean, if we're going for the whole Adepticon release, that was pretty cool. But I think that's a lot to talk about now. It's not that we don't have time on the no, podcast. No, 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 no. Really. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that was awesome. I think it was really cool to see all the stuff that came out. And um, it's, it's great to see more Blood Bowl. Like, them supporting Blood Bowl in the regular pace that they are is awesome. So, you know, thanks to Games Workshop for that. Because we like Blood Bowl here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not it, bad. We're, we're fond of it. Yeah. Mm. Um, it is definitely the best game. Ash Waste stuff was pretty cool, though. For Necromunda. Horus Heresy is a bit dangerous. Ooh, it is, but, you know, we've got 8 mil stuff to do. That That's that's why I'm, I'm kind of cushioned from that. Because, that like, was like that. You know, yeah. Hey, you've got your printer running, dude. If you're feeling the urge to build some Heresy, do that, because then you can have as many Contemptor Dreadnoughts and as many Sakaran tanks. That's and as, true. And you can get Titans then. So you can just go and buy... A Reaver or a Warlord, and you can actually use it. What a Mastodon full of world eaters. That's what I want. We've got the STL for that, haven't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. All right, job done. <laughs> um, no, Ash Waste was cool with the sand people and the bug dudes and the buggy warlocks. Like, that's pretty cool. Mm. Um, but not as cool as a new Blood Bowl team. So I'm very happy with that. Ben, anything else you want to touch on when it comes to Norse? Uh, I think that's everything. Um, yeah, just looking forward to seeing more details. Hopefully, we'll get some more, like you know, deep dives into what this actually is. So. I need to know what these boars do. All right. Anyway, mm. uh, podcast this week is a week early, so unless there's a lot of exciting stuff come up, uh, we probably will be a couple of weeks before we have another episode now. But as ever, we're putting videos up on the channel. So thank you very much for joining us. Do let us know what you think is going to happen with the Norse roster because I am properly excited. I really want the Valkyrie and the Pig to be great because this is the 2020 version where there's an opportunity to take something excellent and just make it new. And mm -hmm. and then I want them to do the same for Amazons, please. Let's get rid of that four Blitzer standard boring meta. Let's get movement eight catchers in there. Let's get a Croxagore. Let's just spice up Amazons in the same way that we spiced up Norse. This is exactly what I wanted. Well, and there's man beer pigs. So on board with that. Anyway, BT, thank you very much, mate. Always nice yeah, to thank chat you. Blood Bowl. Yeah, always um, a pleasure. Enjoy Frostgrave. No, Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven, that's fine. And uh, yeah, we'll be back soon with more Blood Bowl content. Happy blocking. Thanks very much for watching. We really appreciate your support. If you want to help support the channel even further, please like and subscribe or come join us on our Patreon. We have early access to content. We get loads of feedback from you guys and we try and do competitions as much as we can. Or you can get yourself some Bonehead Podcast merch on our Spreadshirt site. So if you want to support a team, especially for the Bonehead Championship, you can pick up a shirt, a mug, things like that. It all helps support the channel and we really appreciate it. Anyway, links below. Thank you very much. Happy blocking.